Hi everyone, I'm Allie Luckett, a sophomore studying government and public health at the College of William and Mary. Before college, I attended Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology in Alexandria, Virginia. There, I served as editor-in-chief of the Techniques Yearbook and was lucky enough to have Aaron Harris as my advisor. Ms. Harris, today's guest on the YearbookWise podcast, has advised techniques for nine years. In my four years on the technique staff, Ms. Harris was an invaluable source of support, guidance, and wisdom to all of her students. Her dedication to her work is incredible, and her love for yearbook is contagious. It's been an honor to see her creativity in action, and I'm very lucky to have her as a mentor and a friend. Thank you, Ms. Harris, for all the encouragement, inspiration, and love. Okay, here's the show. Hey there, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Yearbook Wise podcast. My name is Mike Simmons. I advise the Tesserae Yearbook in upstate New York, and it's a pleasure to bring this episode to you, one I recorded earlier this week with a dear friend of mine, Aaron Harris, of the Techniques Yearbook at uh, Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology down in Alexandria, Virginia. Aaron is a, a Swiss army knife when it comes to advising um, the things that she's good at, I, I just, I, I can't even keep up. Um, and the level at which she gets her kids thinking uh, and, and functioning and, and turning um, theory and concept into practice and making award-winning book after award-winning book, um, they are our pace and trend setting. Uh, and uh, as you'll see illustrated in this episode, they come at it in a really unique uh, and often abstract way through something called umbrella coverage. Um, A reminder that just before this episode in the feed, you'll see uh, a twin set of episodes with 1997's co-yearbook advisors of the year, uh, Paul Ender and Nancy Hastings as episodes eight and nine. If you've not listened to those yet, I hope you will and hope that you enjoy them. Uh, The feedback we're getting on those two episodes is, is just fantastic. All right, we're going to dive in. Here's my interview with Aaron Harris of the Techniques Yearbook at Thomas Jefferson High School for Science and Technology. So let's dive in. Um, First of all, Aaron, thanks for being on the podcast. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. You're officially the first um, yearbook bestie. We'll get into that later um, and talk about some of those resources and what you three have created. But um, for sake of people who are either uh, brand new to yearbooking or um, maybe just in their first couple of years or who um, are trying to kind of get a sense of the the different approaches here. Um, Let's deal with some vocabulary first. I've always known a traditional book to be um, typically four sections. You've got student life, academics, clubs and groups, and sports. Um, I know that- And the people section, but you also have- Yeah, yeah, so I was gonna call that reference or people. you and I have seen, um, I think, a move in trends to really get that stuff, the mug shots, the portraits, to the back of the book, which uh-huh. is fantastic. Uh-huh. Um, but traditional books, we kind of understand them. Lots of schools have done them. They're still being done and being done very well. Nothing right. at all wrong with them. No, no, no. Um, but then then we get into chronological. Talk to me about a chronological book. So a chronological book is one that's kind of um, – focused on time. Um, and by focused on time, what I mean is, is the book is organized, um, according to kind of the, the year. So for example, um, you might have sections that are by month, 
or you might have sections that are by uh, quarters or seasons. Uh, you might have sections that are, um, or you might have no sections and it's broken down into weeks. I know a lot of the people that, that we're friends with and that we work with um, will break it down week to week and sometimes do anywhere from one to three spreads, maybe even four, depending on if there's anything interesting happening, um, but have one to four spreads dedicated to um, a single week um, in the school year. So really the the emphasis with the chronological book is that the the coverage is organized based on time. One thing that we found when we were doing a cron book here, it was just back in our West High days, uh, a couple of student athletes came and said, Mr. Simmons, staff, we really love what you guys are doing to the yearbook, but can we have our sports pages back? And what they were talking about was in a chronological book, if a soccer game happens for us, it's a fall sport. So if it happens in September, there's a, obviously soccer games every week, but let's say we feature another one in October, another one in November, the soccer coverage would be scattered right. throughout the book. Um, so one thing that our kids took advantage of is, is repackaging it and kind of doing weekly for a lot, but then keeping sports together too. So it strikes me, and I think you've seen it too, a lot of schools are able to kind of park on coverage too, right? If there's a big week at school, mm -hmm. a chronological book really allows them to just kind of let it shine, right? They can yeah, stay yeah. with it. Like, well, I mean, like homecoming week is generally one that a lot of people um, spend a lot of time on because there's so much emphasis on homecoming, um, especially, I mean, not especially my school, but because, you know, homecoming is a big deal everywhere. But, um, you know, homecoming, the, those weeks or that week is usually a really big one um, in chronological coverage. And I realized we kind of jumped the gun a little bit yeah. and maybe you can help me back up a little bit before we even, um, because this is the time of year that staves are, are hopefully starting to think about their 2019 books. Uh -huh. Before we talk about organization and structure, it really is, I think, ideal to identify the story you're telling oh, first, because some stories say that again, sorry. I said 150,000%. Ah, absolutely. So, uh, when you know the story that you're going to tell, it can help inform, well, you know, this would really lend itself to a time structure. Yeah. Um, I, I can't think of a, a theme right off the top of my head, but if there was one that just kind of invoked this idea of seasons or transitions, maybe you're looking at a seasonal book. It could be a perfect fit, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think that, that not only the story, but also like your verbal tagline, because I think that, you know, any any way to organize coverage um, would work for any story that you want to tell. Um, but if you're looking at specific taglines, meaning like what the actual words on the cover of the book are going to be, those are going to lend themselves more to one method than another, um, just by virtue of, of, of what those words are. So, um, you know, for example, in 2014, we did a chronological book at TJ and uh, we came up with the verbal always on slightly off and decided to make it chronological um, because of the word always. Like when you're talking about always, you're talking about, um, you know, a span of time, an infinite span of time for always, but um, a span of time nonetheless. And it just lends itself to it. So when we were comfortable with traditional chronological unpacks, a lot of options, but you are by any standard, the umbrella queen, at least in our friend and advising group. No, 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 take it. Just take the compliment. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, so when we talk about umbrella coverage, um, I also, and you correct me if I'm wrong, I, I've also heard them reference as um, concept books, but we're talking about something that's a, a lot harder, I think, to put your thumb on um, as oh, to sure. what, what the book is doing and how it's doing it. So 
you tell me you're the expert. Where do we start in helping people understand uh, umbrella coverage? Sure. I mean, another phrase that I've heard um, people say when they're talking about umbrella coverage is blended coverage. Um, so I've, I've heard all, all th- um, you know, I've heard all of those. Um, but I would say that the first thing that you need to really think about when you're thinking about doing umbrella coverage um, is know your staff. Um, I think that like before you, like if you're an advisor, before you even suggest it to a staff, you know, make sure that you've got kids who are experienced yearbookers. Like they know what they're doing. They kind of have an idea for, or like a, you know, a brain for abstract concepts and things like that, that you have plenty of kids. Um, You know, I would say that a staff of, you know, a staff of six, like I had this year makes it a little more difficult. Um, So the first thing I would say is, is know, know your personnel, know who you're working with. Um, and you know, the, if you want to be really successful with umbrella coverage, um, then you are, um, probably going to have a staff that's experienced and knows, um, what they're doing as far as yearbooking is concerned. They know the ins and outs of the, of the process. Um, so that's, yeah, sorry. I was going to say you gave away a a pretty key word, which was abstract here. So help me frame why this is an abstract approach. Um, it's abstract because, kind of everything relies on your verbal tagline. Um, you know, you're not, you're not like, like time is a concrete thing. We know that, um, you know, there are 52 weeks in a year and there are four weeks in a month and there are 12 months in that year. And there are maybe like nine to 12 months in a school year, et cetera, et cetera. So like time is a concrete thing and a traditionally organized book, you've got like those five concrete sections. You've got your student life section, sports, clubs, academics, and reference. Those are all super concrete. Now with umbrella coverage, um, it's kind of like, there are no rules. The sky is the limit. It really depends on the words that you're choosing to use um, on the cover, like what your verbal tagline is. And you have to let those words drive every decision you make as far as organization is concerned. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. And I'm wondering, I know that um, offline, you and I were talking about um, using certain books of yours as an yeah. example. I'm wondering if we can flash back maybe a year or two. And can you take us through um, what the TJ crew came up with with the tagline and then how it developed into the structure? Yeah. Um, which one do you want to do? Uh, how about the 16 book? Okay. So I'm actually, um, where I am uh, currently speaking with you is right next to my bookshelf that holds all the books I've advised. So I just <laughs> there you go. Um, to refresh my own memory. Um, so the 2016 book, um, the theme is what if, and, um, the kids, I, I mean, I had lots of kids who had lots of experience and they wanted to dive right into an umbrella book as well. So, um, they knew that like the overall story that they wanted to tell, um, was about all of the choices that um, not only students, but TJ students are kind of faced with on a daily basis and understanding that there's not one set path for them to follow. So this, I mean, when we talk about abstract, we really are um, starting with the story that the kids are trying to tell. So my kids wanted to kind of dispel the myth that there's only one way to do TJ, that there's only one way to make it to your dream school, that you have to take every single AP class under the sun, yada, yada, yada. So they knew they wanted to do um, a story about choice and about the fact that there's more than one path that you can take. 
So as you describe that, it I'm hearing already uh, it's it's not traditional, right? It's kind of all over the place. So you could go, could go left, could go right, could go up, could go down. Right. So when your kids uh, hatched this idea, it must have just shouted out to you, this is a, a non-traditional structure for our book. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, what, well, I mean, this, this would be the one, two, three, like the fourth umbrella book that we had done at TJ. So the kids were really used to the concept um, of, of doing um, the umbrella books. So what we did, after, okay, so um, when we knew we wanted to do a book about choices, we went to our good friend Pinterest and looked up quotes about choices and, you know, in, like, you know, things, things that would kind of jumpstart our, our verbal mojo, if you will. Um, and what they what they landed on was um, a quote from Pinterest that said, um, uh, "Like you are my only what if" or something like that. And obviously, we're not going to do something cheesy teenage romance um, for for a verbal, but the the phrase "what if" kind of stood out for them. And because they knew they wanted to jump into an umbrella book, um, we started thinking about all the different ways that we could do that. And um, the grammar nerd in me, like the English teacher in me, um, kind of uses those skills to help the kids progress towards um, the, the, the exact way to organize the book. So, for example, what if is a question, right? Um, you know, what if we do this? What if we do that? It's a question. So then my next question to the kids was, um, well, you know, what are the questions that you ask yourself when you're kind of thinking about these these great what ifs in in high school life? What are some of the things that that you guys ask yourselves? Like, for example, one of them is is what if you fail? Um, and so when we had a, a brainstorm session at a Barnes and Noble, I think it was before we went to camp, um, we came up with a list of all of these questions. So I, I mean, I, I have my somewhere in like the, the bowels of my, of my, uh, my classroom, which is a, a disaster right now. I have all those old notes. Um, but they came up with a bunch of different sections and then our, we finally landed on, um, what if you fail? What if you succeed? What if you strive? What if you challenge? What if you perform? What if you create? And what if you don't know? So those okay. kind of, um, kind of became, uh, those became our sections. Now, one thing to, to keep in mind, um, is that you can have as many sections with an umbrella book. You can have as many sections as you want. You can have as few sections as you want. Um, there doesn't have to be five sections or don't have, I mean, it like the first time we did an umbrella book, I think we had 19 sections or not. I mean, no, yeah. how many did we have? We, I mean, we had a lot. And people thought we were crazy. And I was like, no, no, it's going to work. It's going to work. Um, and it did. So um, the, the, the key here is understanding that um, always brainstorm as many things as possible, like write down anything that you think might work and then narrow it from there and figure out what's going to encompass um, the, the most, um, what's going what's gonna to allow you to cover the most things, if that makes sense. I think it does. And so you're starting there, um, putting together a scaffold. What if you succeed, fail, try all the rest of it? Um, at what point, uh, this is a very specific question, but at what point do you say, uh, this is where the girls volleyball coverage is going to go? Or am I going too fast toward it? Sure. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> excuse me. There's a step that goes after kind of figuring out the sections that answers that question. 
Okay. Um, so uh, once we had those kind of bigger um, umbrella questions, if you will, like the what if you fail, what if you strive, what if you succeed, et cetera, et cetera, um, then we're like, okay, well, those are the sections. Those are not the spread topics. So what can we do for spread topics? And, um, you know, in, in working with the kiddos, um, we figured that the, the best way to do our actual coverage would be to make every spread an answer to one of those questions. So oh, for okay. example, um, <clears throat> if you had, um, you know, for, for the, what if you succeed section, um, and I'm so glad I have these books right in front of me for the, what if you succeed section, um, some of the spread topics were, um, you celebrate, uh, my cat is getting into something over there and it's crazy. Um, uh, what if you succeed, you make people laugh, uh, you keep moving forward. Uh, you help others. Uh, you recognize your achievements. You appreciate the help. Um, you share your success. So uh, you pay it forward. Um, you inspire others. And so those wow. were all of the those were all of the spread topics in the "What if you succeed?" section. So what we did is we went through and we talked about what are all the different things, um, what are all the different answers to these questions. So like for what if you perform. Um, we had, um, we have, what if you perform, you warm up, uh, you practice, 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 uh, you impress your audience, you show off. So, um, we kind of the large, the large umbrella is that the verbal theme is what if, mm-hmm. and then we, um, we kind of completed that STEM and I am like, one of the biggest things for me in umbrella coverage is it's all about like STEM completion. It all has to flow from like the big umbrella to the spread topic. So like once we had, what if, then we came up with the, the questions, what if you fail? What if you succeed, et cetera, et cetera. And then we had to come up with a bunch of different ideas for answers to those questions that would become the spread topics. So to get back to your other question about like, how do you know where to put volleyball? Um, once we had the spread topics figured out, that's when we started thinking about, um, you know, where would, um, you know, where would all of the different like must haves go? So on the, um, we actually had, um, volleyball in the, what if you succeed section and it was on the inspire others spread. Um, and, uh, the, the story that we told was about, um, uh, volleyball giving the other team a point when a team misses the ball and freshman players talking about, you know, what inspires them to keep going. So let me interject a question there yeah. um, that I think some of the listeners are going to have. Yeah. It, do you, do you, do you get into predicting the future or how do you react to a story going left when you thought it was going to go right? So um, you, you do, like slightly have to predict the future, but honestly, like as we're putting ladders together um, in any kind of coverage, there is a little bit of future predicting that that happens. Like if you're doing um, a traditionally organized book, um, you know, and you are trying to figure out, you know, when a specific, you know, spread needs to go in for deadline, especially for something like academics, you kind of have to say, okay, well, you know, we think that they're going to do this, so it needs to go in on the first deadline, et cetera, et cetera. Um, 
if that makes sense at all. But I would say okay. that, um, you know, that we know that certain things are, are going to happen. So, um, you know, for example, our swim team is really, really, really good. And so we put them um, on a spread about defending titles. If that so, because we knew that they would be defending their state title. Definitely. And I think this, the sports ones are probably the ones where I would have the most anxiety just around, you know, what if they, we think they're going to go really far or they have a really, you know, they have a failure ridden season, but I, everything you said makes sense. Well, and the other thing with that is, um, you know, you, you have to, with umbrella coverage as, as with chronological coverage, um, you have to be adaptable to what's happening in the year. Like, Okay, for example, TJ is not known for his football team. And so we, um, in fact, we haven't won, we hadn't, haha, we hadn't won a game in um, five years, maybe longer. I think it was five years. I think 2013 was our last win. And um, so then this year we actually won a game. Like we won, we only won one, I think, but we but won. It was a- one. So we knew like our plan for what, what we were going to do with football kind of went out the window a little bit. And we ended up doing an interrupter for this win that we've been that's been five years in the making. Um, and so that's kind of we, we make sure that in the latter, we've got some flexibility um, for for making sure that we can cover these events that we that we don't have any idea that they're actually going to happen. Makes sense to me. Let me ask you how you work with your staff to make sure that it all gets in there, because it would strike me that a concept or umbrella or a blended coverage book could lend itself to, oh, my gosh, we forgot the majorette squad or we forgot to get art classes in there. So what management process do you use in your lab to make sure it's all in there? So um, one of the things that we do is we turn in our end sheets um, in October, early November. And on the end sheet, we have um, kind of a traditional list of where you can find things. So if we turn in our end sheet in November and we say that swim and dive is going to be on page 12, we're going to make sure that there is swim and dive on page 12, no matter when that spread is going in. Um, So that's one thing. And then um, the other thing is um, I made these posters many, many moons ago, um, one for each of the traditionally organized sections called a must-haves list. And um, what we did is um, just made a list. We looked at a, a traditionally organized book that TJ had done and made a list of all of the different things that, um, that they had spreads for. So for example, they had a spread for, um, let's see, what's a good one? They had a spread for... Um, for English classes, right? So um, on that spread, there were three different English stories. So what that told us is that in an umbrella book, we needed to cover English three different times. Now, it wasn't going to be on the same spread because that's not really how it works. Um, But every time we covered English, we would mark it off the list so that we knew we had to cover it two more times. And that, and we did the same thing for homecoming and basketball. And I have to tell you, like we haven't in the you know, however many, one, two, three, four, five, six, in the six years that we've been doing, um, you know, non-traditional coverage, we've, we haven't forgotten anything. Now we've undercovered some things and gotten called out on it, but you know, we deserved it. Um, but we've never not covered anything. And I think it's because we have, um, these things that we know we have to cover. And when we're planning out our ladder, we go ahead and kind of put things where we think that they're going to go um, and and cross them off the list as we get to them. 
Yeah, it strikes me you've set up a little bit of a coverage budget. Yeah, I like you, that. You make sure that you stay on budget. And I want to go back to our volleyball example yeah. for listeners um, that when when you mentioned where you did put uh, volleyball within the success section, it I would guess that those were two pockets of coverage, but there were probably another two elsewhere in the book. And I think this is the first time that we're saying that, yeah. that under blended coverage, it allows you in a traditional book, if you look at a spread, you used English as an example, mm-hmm. one, two, three hits a coverage. It allows you to unpack mm-hmm. those three coverage layers and spread them throughout the book. And it makes for a much more dynamic publication. Oh yeah, for sure. So for example, like I just looked in our um, in our index, we had a sports table of contents and we covered varsity on one, two, three, four pages, JV on two pages and freshman on two pages. So like our main, we always try for sports at least to make sure that um, every sport or every varsity sport gets a, a primary layer. So a dominant layer. Um, and um, uh, the one for varsity volleyball ended up being on a spread called uh, collaborate. So it was like, the, it was in the section, what if you create um, you collaborate. So it was all about how the volleyball players work together on the court. Um, so a lot of, I mean, for a school that's not really known for sports, um, it's a little bit easier to kind of make things fit on the puzzle that, that is umbrella coverage because, um, we are not known for our sports. Let's just put it diplomatically that way. Um, so we know that one of the aspects of volleyball is communication on the court and collaborating with one another. So that's why it made sense to go on that particular spread. Right. And I like, I love the creativity that oh, yeah, it, it forces your staff to engage with. It's, it's phenomenal. I want to go back about five minutes yeah. um, just so we don't let one thing get away from us. You used uh, a little bit of new vocabulary that yeah. we haven't mentioned yet in this episode, an interrupter. Can yeah. you talk a little bit about interrupters? And and I should note, too, we don't just see them in umbrella coverage no, anymore. No, no, they're, they're all over everywhere. the place. Everywhere. Um, basically, all an interrupter is, um, it's a visual break. So it's a spread that is meant to highlight or showcase, um, you know, usually something that's thematic with your, with your books. Um, usually the interrupters are theme based, but it's a visual break. So, you know, if you're looking at um, the pages in a book and you've got like templates that you're working with and that kind of you, maybe like three, four layers of coverage, when you get to an interrupter, um, it, you know, looks completely different and maybe goes more in depth on a subject. Um, and um, kind of gives you a little bit of like a little bit of a breather in between all of the other coverage. Um, but generally, you know, there um, there there are ways that you can develop your theme in a more in depth way. So, for example, one of the ones that I just flipped to in in the what if is in the what if you succeed section. And the way we did our interrupters, um, we did even more what if questions, but that were all similar to the section where it belongs in. So this particular one that I'm looking at is in the what if you succeed section and the spread is what if it works? Um, Because we had a, um, a senior who built a robot um, that was developed um, for people with physical disabilities. So it was an assistive technology that she built, and it's like a literal robot. It's it's actually really really cool. So, um, but it goes in that section because she succeeded in making this robot work. We should note. I, I can't let this go by that 
TJ is an incredible school yeah. and you guys, when it goes to STEM and, and STEAM topics, I think you have a rich arts program there as mm -hmm. well. But y'all, your kids do some really <laughs> incredible work. They do. It's pretty uh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, talk to me about dividers. Uh, you mentioned uh, a 19 section book was one of your first. And it strikes me that uh, uh, quote unquote wasting space on 19 dividers, although it would have been a waste of space and you would have given up a lot of your ladder over to that. So do you find that your books just kind of flow from one thing to another or do Sometimes. you divide it? And I was really, I overstated when I said the first one we did was 19. It was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. It was actually eight. It was eight. Um, so we did in, in, this was the 2013 book. There's no such thing as a comfort zone. Um, and there were, um, eight dividers in that book. Um, I think what we did was just, um, increase the number of pages by maybe like four or something like that to make it work. Um, so, um, for that one we did, we did nine dividers, but last year, um, one second, let me just grab it. Last year, um, our theme was, um, you know, the name, not our story. And um, what we decided to do as far as the coverage goes is um, come up with all of the different labels that outsiders placed on, um, on T well, not only outsiders, um, but labels that outsiders placed on TJ, like um, nerd or, um, you know, competitor, but also like the other things that, that we kind of embraced about ourselves. Um, and so, um, we ended up having one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. So 29 like sections, but they weren't really sections. Um, they were, um, I don't even know what we, what you would call them. I mean, they weren't sections in the traditional sense, but they were sections because that's kind of how we broke up the coverage. But they were kind of anchors for that anchors, bit yes. of the book. Yes, I like that. So they, yes, they were absolutely anchors. We did not have dividers for those. What we, what we had was um, an opening and it was really just a two page opening. And then, um, and then we just jumped right into the coverage, um, breaking it up with, um, with interrupters, um, not between every section, but just every once in a while, we'd have a spread that looked just a little bit different from the ones that were before it. So it really just flowed from, I mean, I'm looking right now at 10, 11, um, was the spread that was, uh, technically under the overachiever umbrella, but it was about perfectionism. And then okay. the very next spread is nerd about all things that we're knowledgeable about. So, and I want to thank you here. Um, you've graciously offered uh, a peek at your 2017 book yeah. and some of the others to listeners of the podcast. So when they are looking at this nerd and overachiever that you just mentioned, uh, they're going to want to look at the slides at the bottom left-hand corner, right? It, it says that on each page. Correct. Yeah. Bottom left-hand okay. corner, it, it tells you um, exactly like kind of which section we're in. And then it'll tell you um, what the kind of, um, what the, the, the spread topic is, if you will. So like, for example, one of the sections we're like, we're known for our spirit. And so one of the sections is spirit and then, um, a spread in that I'm looking at 2021 is pride. Um, the next spread is spirit traditions. So, um, to get all of that info, you would look in the bottom left in the folio. And it strikes me, um, 
as it goes to providing a, a, a great book for your student body, we should probably interject if you get these books critiqued or sent them out to competition, those reader services in your folio or your end sheet, your table of contents, a really good index, you need yeah. to be able to give your reader a way to navigate this blended coverage. A hundred and I mean, we have, um, you know, we've got a traditional table of contents on the end sheets. And then we have, um, you know, all the info about what you're going to find on the spread on the folio. And then you've got like a table of like mini tables of contents in the index. And you also have spread topics that are well, not spread topics, but you have stuff like, you know, tennis indexed in the index. So you definitely, you know, want to make sure that that you're almost overdoing it. Um, but so there's no question, you know, when, when, you know, Joe Smith, um, his mom's going to want to see the football spread because Joe Smith played football for four years. So you got to make sure that mama Smith knows where to find that football. Got it. Um, I want to start to draw this to a close because I, I don't want to overwhelm folks. We've given them a lot of content. It and again, thank you. For, it is, but it's so yeah. fun. And, and thank you for providing the examples. Uh, that's a huge courtesy. So I appreciate that. Um, you talked, you talked about knowing your staff mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and knowing that if you embark on this journey, they're going to have to be able to think and create in a pretty flexible and abstract way. Correct. Could you share with our listeners another caution or two uh, uh, before they go down this path? Is, is there a way to ease into blended or umbrella? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I would say like before you jump into doing a full um, umbrella book, my best piece of advice is to start with your academic section um, because academics um, can actually kind of be quite dull if you're not careful. Um, so rather than doing like an English spread and a math spread and a science spread, um, you know, consider looking for some of these umbrella topics. Um, so for example, um, when in, let's see, in 20, 2008, when I was at my, my first school, I was at Lehigh School in Springfield, Virginia, um, we had um, a traditionally organized book with student life, academics, uh, people, uh, sports and organizations. It's so weird. Like the people section was in the middle. And I remember we, when we used to do that, I'm like, why did we do that? That's so weird. Yeah. Um, but the academic section wasn't organized by, um, by course. It was organized by, um, the kind of the lifelong lessons that you learn in school. So we had a spread about reading, where the the dominant layer was about American Sign Language and how to how to read the signs that people are 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 signing to you in order to to communicate. Um, we had a spread about writing, a spread about research, a spread about listening, planning, um, fitness and nutrition, job skills, speaking. So we looked for things that would allow us to cover a lot of different classes. Um, which made the coverage more interesting. So if you want to give it a shot and if you want to try it out without really kind of jumping in head first, I definitely think that doing an academics umbrella section is a really, really good way to start a good idea. Same with clubs, because I think that clubs um, can um, be organized in such a way that you can find common threads between what the clubs do and how they function. So that would make for an interesting one too. So that would kind of be my, my advice for a first step. The podcast listeners can hear it in your voice. You love this oh stuff. You are all about umbrella and blended. Yeah. 
Um, distill it down though, and to just a, a, a quick one too, what is it that, that just lights you up so much about this approach to your booking? Um, I honestly, I think it's the wordplay and how the wordplay allows you to do something drastically different every single year. Like there is no way that you will ever be bored. Um, I mean, not to say that like doing, um, traditional or chronological is boring by any stretch of the imagination, but sometimes with traditional, you fall in a rut and you're like, well, the ladder's the same every year because we always have these sports and these, um, you know, these classes, et cetera, et cetera. But with umbrella coverage, um, you know, it allows you to tell different stories every single year because you're looking at theme development through the lens of the words that you put on the cover. There's one other thing that I did want to make sure to mention about like as you're as you're developing your coverage plan with Umbrella, um, don't force it. I think that that's probably the biggest pitfall is is jumping into the saying we are going to do an Umbrella book and then you land on a theme that doesn't lend itself to Umbrella. Um, if you're forcing it and it seems really awkward and you, you're getting really frustrated, then it's probably not the right coverage method. Love it. Got it. So we're going to shift gears on wrap up. And I would like to give you the, the, the soapbox, the Apple box, whatever we want to do, put you up on a pedestal and talk about this project that has, to the best of my knowledge, existed for about four years now, the yearbook. Busters. Oh, yeah. I think uh, when did that? St I think it was 2014, maybe. OK, yeah, just about right. And you are one of uh, a set of triplets yeah. in your booking, if we will. Yes. <laughs> so, that works. A group of sisters. Yeah. Um, Aaron, Aaron, you're Aaron. Oh, yeah. uh, we've got Megan Percival and Carrie Faust. Talk to us a little bit about what you three do together, what you've um, created, and and maybe some of the resources that would be available to listeners. Sure, yeah, sure. Um, so um, the year was 2014. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, Carrie and Megan and I had started doing a lot of our presentations um, at CSPA and NSPA and various things um, together. And one of the things that we were finding at the end of the sessions um, was people coming up to us and saying, hey, can you email me um, this uh, this presentation? And, you know, to be quite honest, I think that all three of us were very open to sharing, but these files are gigantic. I mean, we, ha we have so many examples from books from around the country and from magazines um, that, you know, it was kind of hard for us to say no because um, the, the email just wouldn't sustain it. Like the files are so big and like we were presenting from iPads even back then. And so that we couldn't just take a flash drive and put it into an iPad. Um, right. So I, I, we got home, I got home from San Diego. I remember it was the San Diego convention. So whenever that was, I got home from San Diego and I was talking to the girls and I was like, we should just put together a website and put all of our stuff um, on the website for people to download and use, you know, whenever they need it. Um, so um, that's what we did. I think Megan bought the domain yearbookbesties.com and um, we've been posting with, with some inconsistent regularity um, ever since. I think um, I just updated it after, um, where were we just then? San Francisco. San Francisco. <laughs> um, oh my God, they're, they're starting to run together. Um, but I, I, so I updated it with two of the three sessions that we did in San Francisco um, 
uh, and I think we did the same ones at CSPA. Um, so those are, are up there, but it's just yearbookbesties.com. And, and, you know, people can, if they see a session, then they can download the slides um, and, and use them um, really kind of any way that they see fit. Um, and yeah, so it's, it's really fun. We, um, we do presentations together. We go on vacation together. Um, <laughs> we teach at camps all summer long together. Um, you know, it is, it is kind of a sisterhood of the traveling yearbooks, maybe. Yep. It works. And then we've got our bro. That's you, Michael. <laughs> we, we, we do a thing, the four of us. We do. Um, we do a thing. Lots of, uh, lots of camps and workshops together. So, um. Yeah. Well, listen, Aaron, I'm really grateful for you coming on the podcast. Um, this has been a, a fun project since the beginning of the new year. And um, Megan and Carrie are in the offing in the next uh, little while. We'll enjoy it. And um, I think uh, I think that's as good a place as any to leave it. I just want to say thank you again for coming on board. Pleasure. Oh, and Mike, and, tell, uh, tell anybody that has questions about like umbrella coverage or, or what or any of the slides that you post or anything like that um, to just shoot me an email um, and, you know, they can like, I don't know. Do you give out emails on this thing? Like, absolutely. Go ahead. Awesome. It's E-R-I-N-N dot h-a-r-r-i-s at gmail.com um and if they ever want to you know chat about uh, pop culture um i'm on twitter at e-r-i-n-n underscore harris a lot of my my tweets are about gifts and movies and tv so you know whatever i love it and westworld comes back tonight oh, on hbo so excited I uh, should note too for listeners, you guys will find uh, the files that Aaron has uh, agreed to share with you um, via a tiny URL link in the podcast description and we'll include email addresses both for her and for me in the podcast there as well. So um, Aaron, uh, is TJ uh, kicked off for the 2019 book yet? Uh, no, we are wrapping up um, the spring supplement. And once the spring supplement is finished on uh, May fourth or earlier, um, we're hoping for earlier to challenge ourselves. Um, then we will begin on the 2019. Um, but I, I have, I have, uh, I have ideas. I have thoughts for the children, awesome. not so much on theme and whatnot, but on, uh, staff structure and organization. And I'll give you the last word. How about a 30 second elevator pitch for this book that you guys are wrapping up right now? Can you give us a little preview? Oh, gracious. Yeah. The, um, the theme is, uh, go ahead, get lost. You'll find your way. And I honestly cannot think of a more perfect, uh, verbal theme for, um, my lovely staff this year. Um, they had a lot of, uh, challenges. We had six returners to our class. Um, and four of them were brand new to the class. They had never taken it before they had participated, um, in yearbook kind of via a, a hybrid club system. Um, so, uh, I, what I will say is that they certainly found their way to the end. They finished the book. I'm very, very proud of them. Um, cause that's kind of a monumental task to do 288 pages with, with six kids, not to discount the, the league, the, the legion of volunteers that we had, but those six girls uh, put in a lot of hours, a lot of Saturdays, a lot of work nights, um, but it's umbrella coverage. It is broken into two sections. Um, there's some really great stuff in there. So I'm excited to share it with, uh, with the world. I can't wait to see it again. Friends, this has been Aaron Harris of the Yearbook Besties. Aaron, thank you so much. You're so welcome. Bye, guys. You know, I said it in there a couple of times, but I, I do want to offer Aaron another thank you for being part of the podcast and sharing her expertise on umbrella and uh, concept coverage, blended coverage with us here on the Yearbook Wise podcast. 
If you have questions or uh, any follow-up that you want to do with Erin, she provided her email address there. I'll include it down in the description of the podcast. And the files uh, that she's generously shared with you uh, are available via a tiny URL link. You can look for that in the podcast description as well. We're getting more and more feedback after every episode, and uh, I'm grateful to all of you who are uh, becoming return listeners and to those of you who are uh, finding the means and time to share the podcast on Twitter or with uh, your yearbook reps or fellow advisors. On Twitter, you can reach out at at yearbookwise, that's yearbook, W-H-Y-S. And uh, by all means, feel free to comment there or uh, leave questions or recommendations for episode topics. If you've got uh, feedback or input, things that you want to hear about from other advisors, uh, by all means, let me know. You can do that at iteachyearbook at gmail.com. Email's great if uh, Twitter doesn't do it for you. But uh, for now, we're going to leave it there. We'll catch you probably in another week or so with a new episode. I see more and more of you receiving your books from your publishers uh, on Facebook, photos, and, and video from your labs. Congratulations on that, and, uh, and way to go. It's a great feeling seeing those books come off the truck and celebrating those moments with your staff. So, uh, well, anyway, we'll leave it there, friends. Good luck, be well, and we'll talk soon.